Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to episode 146 of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, we've got Kenny McDonald joining us, and Kenny is the President and Chief Economic Officer of Columbus 2020, and Columbus 2020 serves as the Economic Development Organization for the 11-county Columbus region, working in partnership with state and local partners to generate opportunity and build capacity for economic growth, and before Columbus 2020, Kenny's got over 20 years of regional economic development and management consulting experience focused on helping companies develop and execute their location strategies and helping communities achieve their goals. He also serves on the governance committee of the International Economic Development Council, otherwise known as the IETC. We were really lucky to have him join us, and I think this is going to make a great episode. So as always, we hope you enjoy it, and we hope you'll learn a lot. Before we get to that, though, we want to take a quick moment to thank some of our sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that's going to start with FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our last sponsor is Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. And Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Kenny. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us, and I appreciate you taking the time to 
at the end of your day, hop in and, and sit Absolutely. on a podcast with us. Kind of one of the first places we like to start is kick it back, talk a little bit about your childhood and everything that okay. kind of led up to maybe school, some of the important events early on. Well, uh, I'm from a farming and ranching community in eastern Montana, so I grew up um, in a very small town in eastern Montana that doesn't have a whole lot around it, and um, when I go back now, I don't know how everybody kind of scraps and puts everything together, um, but a great place in the world and a terrific way to grow up. Went to college in a small school in North Dakota called Dickinson State University, uh, where I played basketball for about four years and somehow got a college degree uh, in the meantime out of that process. And terrific, again, terrific place uh, for uh, to get a degree. And then ended up um, actually traveling uh, the other side of the country for graduate school uh, through some connections with sports once again um, and going to Georgia, Georgia Southern University and getting my master's in public administration. And um, was exposed to the economic development profession in graduate school through some internships and things like that in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, I haven't stopped since. It's become not just my my job, but my vocation and what I and I think uh, a lot of members of our team see as a real calling um, as a profession to help uh, communities grow and people um, seek and, and achieve great opportunities. So growing up outside of basketball, obviously that was probably a major focus of your life. Do you have other passions leading into college that you thought you'd pursue professionally when you got done? You know, I was probably I was probably more of a, a, a single-minded kid. I was probably on a track to get a degree and become a teacher and be a coach. That was probably um, the number one option. And until I sort of got to the end of it and learned what coaches made for a living, uh, uh, did I actually start thinking, you know, I really want to get into business somehow. And I still have a passion for business, and I'm a big business reader and things like that. Always have been, actually. Then I married that with a public administration degree, and economic development is sort of the perfect marriage of both of those things where I can bring those two communities together and kind of be the go-between between the government sector and business and how do we get things done in, in communities. And what does economic development really mean for maybe those of our listeners out there who don't necessarily hear the term right. quite as often? Like, what do you... What exactly are you going about in that space? Well, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. If you're um, uh, in economic development in your neighborhood, you know that might be getting uh, a restaurant to locate in your neighborhood. Um, it may be getting a dry cleaners to come to your small town. It might be uh, re- retail type of development, uh, community development efforts. It could be the development of housing and all those things and the planning of all of that. In our case, in... Um, in regional economic development, um, we sort of, my whole career in Savannah, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's been uh, public-private partnerships that have created coalitions to come together, pool funds, pool their energy, and to go to market as a metro area so that they could actually um, uh, do two things, help their existing companies grow and help bring new companies to those markets. So marketing and um, doing business development around the world to try to get people to build new economic base facilities, meaning bringing new manufacturing to areas, bringing new office locations, new headquarters, new R&D facilities, things that bring new money into a region instead of money just circulating through a community. It's bringing new money in and growing the economy in an area. 
And that's what the bulk of my career has been focused on is, is those final things, kind of building the economic base and helping communities actually get more productive and grow larger and more prosperous. So maybe at a high level, it's taking an economic region and almost treating it like, you know, a business itself and almost like you're the business development arm of that economic region. Our product is the, is the region. So our product is the people and the workforce of the region. It is all the characteristics of the region, our culture. It's, you know, everything from Brutus Buckeye and um, all of the all of the great um, traditions that we have around our institutions like Ohio State and others. It's the land we have, it's the buildings we have, um, it's the communities we're building, and then it's the core competencies that we have here. Maybe it's even our spot in the world, you know, where we lie and the markets we can reach from, um, from, our, from our location in the world, which is the eastern half of the U.S. and Canada, uh, part of the Midwest, and then reaching you know, in some other ways, people might use Columbus as a beachhead for all of North America or the world as well. So you mentioned there a little bit about your career path, and you threw some different areas around the country that you've spent time in. When you finished your public administration degree, how did things unravel for you from that point? I had a uh, super professor that took an interest in me, and this is why I'm always a, a big proponent of, of internships and the impact they can have on your life. Um, I had internships leading it up to that through undergraduate and stuff, and it helps you decide what you don't want to do. <laughs> I did some things in bank compliance and things like that that for me, as kind of a people person wanting to interact and, and develop business and maybe leaning a little bit more towards sales and stuff, um, that weren't my sweet spot. I got an internship when I got out of Georgia Southern or towards the end of my time there in Savannah with a public-private partnership that was doing this work in Savannah. And I was like, I was hooked on day one because you got to, you were with the business leaders of the community during part of the day and you were with the mayor of the community later in the day. You were making things happen. You could see the things you were having an impact. You know, people, you would do your work and then you would see, you know, facilities go up. You would see people working in those facilities. And so there was a tangible beginning and end. And there was competition to it too, which I think I... I liked, which was our competition is any other city, right, that's trying to get the same things we are. Uh, maybe even trying to steal some of our companies and things like that and get them to move to their areas. And so it kind of stoked that competitive part of me as well. Still does. So you you take that internship, you get that first bite. Where do things go from there? What do, do you continue on a path and are you still in Georgia? Do you go to Albuquerque or North Carolina from there? I ended up uh, actually going in the private sector for about seven years and helping um, and, and working as a management consultant mm -hmm. in the same industry, though. So for about seven years, I worked on the private side actually helping companies decide where they would locate around the world. And so I would, uh, with colleagues of mine, help major corporate entities you know, align, do the research of where they should locate, narrow that down, visit locations around the country and around the world, visit communities, meet their teams, just like people fly into Columbus to do today with our team, and then help them you know, get started, negotiate all the contracts, negotiate all the tax breaks, things like that that, uh, um, that came with it. And I got, I got an unbelievable amount of exposure. I worked in, I think, 34, 35 of the U.S. states, got a chance to work in Europe, and help companies in Europe, got a chance to work in Asia a little bit during that time. And so I really was lucky to have some people that just promoted me into those positions, got great opportunities. 
after 9-11, though, I, you know, kind of stepped back like maybe a lot of people did and had a, had a moment, had a, I was starting a family. The consulting life is not for everybody and you're bouncing around a lot, and particularly in that profession. You're really traveling almost 90% of the time. And my, I found that I wanted to stay home a little bit more. And number two, that I really had a passion for building communities and seeing them change from the inside out and not just being somebody who did a deal and then left and perhaps never saw the result of what we had accomplished. And I, I had done that enough, and it was super time to, to move on. I was going to say, the first thing I think of is, I mean, you were talking a lot about some of the things you were consulting on earlier, and it sounds a lot in my head like HQ2 search for Amazon. that has been all over the news, exactly some of those right. big searches. And I'm sure we'll probably talk a little more about that later, considering I'm guessing Close yep. 2020 played a big part in that process. Well, and that's exactly right. That's, yeah. um, um, you know, what, what Amazon did with their HQ2 process is what a, any economic developer around the country in a similar position as mine would tell you is, is what we're working on every day with dozens and dozens of clients that are going through what is usually a very non-public process, right? And there's a good reason for that because, you know, there's a lot to work out. If um, the three of us are actually locating, you know, a big facility like that or a coffee shop, it is in a very important business decision. If you think about, you know, I always use the coffee shop as an example it's on one side of the street or the other could make all the difference in them being profitable. That drive-through might work on one side of the street. It doesn't work on the other. And you take that to a major corporate entity trying to build a big manufacturing facility or they're trying to find a place where very unique, where they can gain really unique talent for coding or whatever. It's a serious decision that could impact the, 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 the entire entity, their stock price, um, the people that they already employ. And so it's a serious decision to look at all those factors and to, and to also consider all your options, right? So it's a legitimate thing to do. HQ2 sort of made that public to a lot more people. And then because of the size of that, it was sort of an extreme example of what we work on every day with companies that are trying to add 100 or 200 or 500 people. And as you look back, so you, you were sitting in Savannah and you were on the other end of the table and, you, and then you jumped over to the managing consulting side. So instead of honing in and being an expert in one area, I mean, you had to go and scope multiple Super, areas. Yeah. So as, as you began to absorb that experience, what was that like for you? Did you? Does anything stick out in particular that you really learned in there that you didn't get when you were just focusing on one city? Yeah, you, you certainly get the exposure. You, you First of all, you do get the different side of the client. You actually I have a great understanding of... Um, what I was just talking about, how serious this is for companies. You know, um, for us on the community side, we obviously want these companies to locate in our community, or if we have them, we want them to continue to expand. If you're on the other side, you begin to understand that it's a very complicated decision. You know, and it's not, it's, it's about cost. Um, it's about all the, you know, the quantitative things. But then there's all kinds of different factors. There's pol political considerations. Um, if you're in the defense industry, there are personal biases, right? So if you work with small, mid-sized companies and the, the founders are, you know, uh, the founder wants to live in San Diego and has a, you know, has a, has a sales boat there or something. Seems like a really good that, reason to me. That might, you know, sway the decision a little bit. And, and um, um, so I always have great empathy for that. I also learned 
probably the core competency you learn as a consultant is, you know, as an economic developer, you're a generalist, and you are talking to that manufacturer of a widget one hour, a high tech company the next, and perhaps um, uh, something that's kind of a, a low margin commodity product in the afternoon. Now, all three are vastly different, have vastly different uh, things that they must consider, but the principles of what they're doing are the same. Well, I'd say 90% of what we do these days is talk about talent. So it is uh, talent, talent, talent is kind of the equivalent to location, location, location. Location is always going to be the driver for certain very logistically sensitive things and for people that need to be in certain time zones and things like that. With a big demographic change in the country, all of our cities, I would say nearly all of our, especially our large cities, are doing really well. All have a bit of a labor crunch, right, because changing demographics good market for probably the last 10 years reading the other day that we have the best jobs market in 50 years right and so you know finding talent competing for that talent and finding where um, you can not only get it but get it at the price that you know fits your business model not everybody can execute in boston new york silicon valley and compete for that talent maybe google and facebook and people like that can but if you're a small mid-sized company that no one knows you know, you might be better suited to be in Columbus, Ohio, and start to grow your, your operations there and pay people, you know, what is a market wage here. And I think that there's still something to be said about Columbus, then it's not like I, so one of the, the analogy I want to make here is talking about, I guess, backups versus starters. Like, backup has a chip on his shoulder, and Columbus kind of feels like we're, we're growing and we're starting to take on that feeling of like, hey, we can compete with these guys, and we're starting to get Absolutely. that chip on our shoulder. So. As we continue to grow, I hope to see our talent levels continue to grow, and I think it's just going to take one or two more, um, cover my meds, or one or two more of those root insurances, and we're Look, going to see things pouring into the uh, We're growing. We're a region of 2.2 million people, workforce of 1.1, maybe a little bit more. Nearly 50,000 people moved here last year alone. We are aggregating talent. I always say more people are moving to, to Columbus from Chicago that are moving to, from Columbus to Chicago. Um, and we're winning some of those battles um, because it is a great place, high quality of life. But we do have an unbelievable economy. It's, a, it's diverse. You know, there's everything from manufacturing and R&D jobs and engineering jobs at a great company like Honda. Um, you know, our medical and pharmaceutical industries with the Cover My Meds and Cardinal Health and you know, docs, famous docs, joining the community from at Nationwide Children's and OSU. Great finance and insurance sector with Nationwide Insurance and Grange and Motorists and everybody. And J.P. Morgan Chase and Huntington on the banking side. Um, and then the constellation of retail brands always, um, the, for the people who've never been here before, you know, they don't understand that half that mall uh, in their hometown comes from Columbus, Ohio. Either from, you know, the L Brands um, Fountain and Abercrombie and all them, or through the Schottenstein Soares brands and DSW and all the great brands that they, they have. It's a shocker for people, but a great place to launch a career, though. Yeah, I think the financial perspective resonates the most here with us at FMX, because if we replicated what we did against some of our competitors out in the Valley, like their, their salaries that they're having to afford to try to build this type of business is just, yeah. um, it just doesn't economically make sense, and they're not able to compete at certain points in time. So I think one thing that 
I've also found interesting is that I have a lot of calls lately from friends that are now wanting to move back from Chicago and they're getting their upper thirties and they're having kids and things and they're saying, you know, what's like, what's Columbus like now? What are the opportunities there? How do you feel about it? What's the startup? Send situation? them to me. Yeah, I'll pass them along. <laughs> yeah, and they're excited about it though, and then they're coming back soon, and they're just like. They say, you know, I, I finally understand when I first moved away all the things that Columbus has now that are great. It has all the, the resource of a big city, but not the chaos and the, um, the congestion of a big city. Right. And that's where we have to thread the needle. Like, you know, if we continue to do this for the next, uh, if we do and just repeat what we've done the, done the last 10 years, um, that'll be great. I think we can do a lot more, by the way. But if we change as much as we have in the last 10 years and... And that is everything from, you know, I moved here about nine years ago. The short north looked entirely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I go around parts of our city, it looks entirely different. The OSU campus looks entirely different. If we continue to change that much and have as much development and investment in our community as we've had, we're going to be in a really good place. Mm-hmm. Where we have to really thread the needle is... Some markets are growing so fast that I think they're getting a little overheated. They can't keep up with your infrastructure. Their commute times have exploded, and what used to take, it still does in the Columbus market of 20, 30 minutes, now starts taking 60 to 90 minutes in Nashville and in Austin. Great cities, but they're really challenged with keeping up pace. And then their affordability starts to really skyrocket too. And they sort of lose that competitive advantage of being the you know, hey, we're, we have all the amenities, but we deliver it at a reasonable cost. Nobody, need, we don't, we're not on a race to the bottom. We don't need to be the cheapest, right? We're not going to be anyway, and we shouldn't try to be, but we need to be affordable. And so we got to continue to thread that needle, invest in infrastructure, and not over, you know, outpace growth either. That's the, that's the identical sales pitch we give for our product every day too. So it's, it's funny Amen. to see that right. align. And uh, I mean, that's what we tell people. We say, you know, we, we, we don't want to be the cheapest and we can't be because we're invested in the long term. And I think that that's how yeah. Columbus feels too. You know, it's like we at some point we have to hold ourselves to a certain level of integrity if we want to reach the aspirations that everybody has in the city. I'm curious though, when it comes to economic development in certain pockets like the short north that you talked about, right. where does that start in terms of like the chicken and the egg situation? Like the first company to jump in, does that start with you guys and, and grouping a, a group of people together and saying, hey, let's bring our businesses here and develop this area? I was going to say, like, Franklinton right now, I think, is a busy example of, like, happening in front of our faces. Like, just the change you see in there, incredible. Yeah, I would um, I would keep a camera up in Franklinton, right, and see the, the change over the next, even the next 24 months to 36 months is going to be pretty incredible. You know, the I, I guess the, the, the theory is if we continue to bring new money into the economy constantly, right, by helping our, com- helping our companies grow, Helping entrepreneurs, by the way, it should be said a hundred times, is we got to do things, and our partner Rev One and OSU, and they do a terrific job of doing some of that and helping people get started and, and actually grow great companies here too. But also keep adding players, right? It's really important. Companies fail, you know, business changes every day. You got to constantly be diversifying your portfolio with new players and in your case, new customers and stuff like that. That's how we look at our portfolio here. If we're doing that, then you start to see some of the lifestyle things happen. You start to see some of the restaurants pop up. You start to see a little bit of, you know, development on the streets changing, the streetscapes getting investment, new sidewalks, right? It's, it's, it's pretty simple, right? And then, and then to get to a point 
what's exciting a place like the short north or in franklinton is those weren't office markets when i moved here right that you know the short north was um, restaurants local restaurants and local art and people were dying to spend more and more time there and that's what you want as a you know if you want to see your your neighborhood grow right so then we 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 did some work, Jobs Ohio invested some money, we had some office buildings that went up there, so people could not only you know, live there and eat and shop there, but they can work there too now. And we can only do so much there. Franklinton will be a little bit more of the same, more of a redevelopment project, right? But gonna be really cool what that neighborhood looks like in less than five years. Is there any particular part of a city that when you're looking like for Franklin, for example, or Short North, key signs that kind of spark like this is the next area where we should put that investment or put a focus on similar to like if you were in a business and you found a product line that looked advantageous well i mean so uh, we do we represent 11 counties and you know what's awesome about that is there's no one that can call us where we don't have a product right you know our region stretches from marion all the way to mount vernon to newark to lancaster to circleville to London over in Madison County. We have rural places that are really cool and, and hot. I mean, there's downtown Lancaster is a cool place, right? And uh, downtown Newark and even in Marion County, they're talking about building co-working spaces now because people want to live in those communities and entrepreneurs want to stay there and they don't necessarily want to be in the suburbs or whatever. Transformation in Westerville and Worthington and, and Dublin and New Albany has been unbelievable. And then on the southern side, Obets and Groveport and Grove City have also just transformed completely since I've lived here, right? Mm-hmm. So we got product all over the place. And as clients, sort of, we don't dictate where things go. We, we deal with clients, and they're looking, where can I get the people? Where's the right building, the real estate for me? But that first question is the thing that they ask, now, where am I going to access? Where are my people going to live? And how are they going to get to and from work every day? And I want to make that pretty easy for them they could be more productive that way simple calculation right and we have we have we have terrific places that we can do and we usually have multiple options for people we don't have a lot of mountains and and we don't have an ocean in the way as last i checked so there's a lot (laughs) we can do with this product It's it's a great piece of clay to work with and i think it's interesting that you mentioned like kind of the diversity of of our 11 counties in the columbus region because like you could, if I'm a manufacturer looking for a space, right, I could put my manufacturing facility in Delaware, have my offices downtown, and then I've got kind of a centralized headquarters. Absolutely. But the different aspects that I need from my, my admin team and my manufacturing team can be kind of encompassed in two different areas, which Absolutely. I think is a huge advantage for Columbus. We kind of went off path a little bit from, from your path, so I'm curious just to bounce back really quick. You stopped working at the consulting firm, and then what did the pivot look like? Did you just all of a sudden determine, like, my skills here now have to go in what direction? Well, I wanted to get back on the, again, uh, helping communities realize their potential. I, it's the way I talk about my, at least my, my vocation. And so my first stop was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, kind of the uh, singular metro economy in New Mexico. You know, it's a state that is a very small, very rural state. You know, we did some cool stuff. It was almost all technology stuff that we worked on there. Got great exposure. Intel was our biggest company. You know, really learned a lot about the semiconductor, the electronics industry, and all the things that we were trying to do out there. Um, did a lot of stuff with the University of New Mexico. Kind of got to understand 
the impact of a major research institution, higher education institution on a community, and that town and gown relationship and how important it is. Moved back to the Carolinas and moved to Charlotte, super, super place, um, 16 county region centered in, in Charlotte. So went into South Carolina and North Carolina. The Southeast is a really intense place to do economic development. There's a lot of growth um, and there's an intense amount of competition from city to city. And it's, and it's like that in the Midwest as well. Those are probably the two most, I would say the SEC and the uh, SEC, ACC, and the Big Ten are still the most competitive conferences in economic development too, right? <laughs> and um, uh, so when I moved up here, different tact. I mean, uh, Ohio's a different place. So after seven years in Charlotte, I came to Ohio. And I came for two big reasons. One is you have the most organized and engaged business community that I've ever seen and that I would say almost any of my colleagues have ever seen when they visit me here. Um, Columbus Partnership is the group that coalesces that group and convenes that group on a regular basis. But everybody from the Fortune 500 CEOs to this major employers like J.P. Morgan Chase and stuff that have big operations here, they're at the table and they're highly engaged and are leaning into the community and in particular in economic development, right? Second thing is I looked at that product that we were just talking about and thought as a product developer and marketer, you know, it was a place that had not been positioned in accordance with its capability, right? So it would be like taking uh, an underperforming company and say, hey, you got a great product. It's just not in the right, it's not in the right um, area of the store and we don't have enough people knowing about this. And um, that's why our team is fanatical about being somewhere in the world every week and you know being the biggest evangelist for this region you've ever seen because they all believe and 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 know that it's a great product i think you know i tell the story a couple times on the podcast in the past but i came from san diego everybody knows that when i got off the butt when i got off the plane though i stepped on campus and i walked around columbus i just kind of knew i was like this is place I got to be it's that feeling of like man there's something going on here that would have been around about the same time so when was this what year I get I moved here in uh, late 2010 okay it's so right around the same time I would have been here yep. so Mike got off the bus and felt felt Kenny's power I felt Kenny's power I said I know <laughs> Kenny's about to make some changes and I'm coming in uh but no seriously it was it did feel like that though it's like this place is like man this is a really cool place I think there's going to be a lot going on here I gotta say that I've never had anybody it's a disadvantage and it's an advantage, right? Most people have to visit before they have that experience. Mm-hmm. In San Diego, you know, you're starting with a different perception before you've ever set foot there, right? But I've never had any, uh, never had anybody set foot here and spend any reasonable time here, even a few days, mm-hmm. and not be absolutely um, amazed by the who's already here, how the community goes about things, and what the tr- uh, what the trajectory of the community actually is. And you can feel that pretty quickly, right? And, you know, we try to curate the client experience as people are on the ground and stuff. But we also feel very comfortable saying, go out and talk to people, you know, walk down the street, uh, go into a restaurant, pick up a conversation with someone. And you'll hear, of, you, you know, we've got a lot of, um, we got a lot of raving fans here uh, just sitting on some of the bar stools in the short north and stuff that'll say you know um, you should you should be here too 
like give it a shot. You could be you could be anything you want here. And that's mm-hmm. totally true. And that's not true everywhere. Right. Yeah, I've lived in a lot of other cities. I've been fortunate to visit to a couple, and I think you know one of the things that make the New York City or the Chicago you know so addicting is the crazy amount of energy you feel when you're in that place. And there's a lot of people that are highly motivated and doing a lot of things. I think when you get tapped into Columbus, you start to feel that. And you don't feel at a level that you do in like in New York City or Chicago. There's just not as many right. people. But it balances for me on the fact that the people here care about each other and everybody right. wants to help each other, which I think you know some people talk about their city being that way. Um, I can't imagine that there's another city like this. We always talk about this. Um, you know, we're big enough to have scale, and you have some real world class things and big things here, and you have huge career opportunities and all those industries that I was talking about earlier. But it's also small enough where, um, you know, you're going to run into friends. People will interact a little bit more. You can afford to do things, you know. So you know you're not you're not segregated by hey I you know I'm in L.A. and I know that you know this is happening. But actually, you know things are just everything's more expensive here. It's all almost everything you have here is pretty affordable. From going to Blue Jackets games or Crew games or Ohio State games, you can access all that stuff. And even the CEOs get to know each other really well. Um, and that's the ones that are running the big global companies and stuff. They're personal. They get to be personal friends by getting in the room. And they don't mind inviting, you know, the young presidents to the table and students to the table and stuff like that and having a conversation. pretty open community. Which I think from lack of, and I say a lot of these things from just like a naive standpoint, lack of experience, but I think if I step back in 10 years and watch the things that helped Columbus um, really, you know, kick over that next level. I feel like a big part of it will be those two people coming to the room together and being willing to talk to each other and make big things happen. Because I think yeah. that even the people we've had on the podcast, we've listened to some of the initiatives that they're doing and who they're working with and who they know. And you can just tell there's a tremendous amount of momentum going on between these individuals that have a lot of success behind them and they have really, really big visions for the world. And it's all happening right here, you know, in the heart of the city. You mentioned some of the initiatives a little bit earlier about you know the future and where you guys are headed. What does that look like for you and your team, whether it's the next three to five years? The question at the beginning of the decade was all about jobs because of the recession, the collapse in the housing market, all that stuff. The community conversation now is about how do we continue to grow, and there's a big ambition to grow, uh, perhaps even more quickly and better than we have in the past, um, but not slow down. Right? There's a big ambition for that. But there's also an ambition to make sure that we thread that needle that we bring more people along that journey, um, that some of the disparities start to get um, reduced at the same time. So, you know, while our employment has grown by 16% this last 10 years, our poverty rate has only went down about three or four percentage points across the region, right? So, you know, one number is exploding and one number is kind of really stubborn to try to move down. How do we actually unlock some of that stuff and actually, you know, whether that's, you know, doing things differently in the housing we build, or it's things like Smart Columbus, which are actually starting to move people around our city in different ways, and will continue to accelerate and do that in the next 10 years. That's gonna actually you know, un, you know, tap into that unused capacity that we have in this region, get more people on the play, playing field, more people generating opportunities, maybe reduce some of the wealth gaps. If you can grow and do that at the same time, no one is doing that well. Arguably, we're doing it as good as anyone, and we have a lot. We could probably get 50% better at that and um, as a community, right? So the community conversation is all about prosperity, shared prosperity. How do we get growth but have it inclusive so that, and I think regionally most of the time, 
our rural areas are thriving. You know, you have the opportunity to live. You don't have to have two offices. You can have everything in that community, you know, whether that's in Delaware or Lancaster or wherever. Or if you're in the city, you can do it all right here, right? You can do it from downtown or you could do it from one of the, you know, from Clintonville or you could do it all, you know, where, where you want to do it. And uh, we got we get some serious work to do. But I would bet on this community, uh, I'd place a big bet on this community. Like I'd put a buy on Columbus all day long. And it's my job to say that. You do have the tools and you do have the leadership. There's a lot of places with the tools um, and perhaps even better tools than we have in some ways, but they don't have the leadership we do. And uh, as long as we have uh, government sector, academic sector, private sector leaning in and collaborating and getting you know at the table and rolling up their sleeves, we're gonna get a lot farther than people think that, that we can. And in that entire role, what does your day-to-day look like now? Like, how are you able to break up your time, and where's your focus? Uh, the focus for the last year, and as we go into, especially this year, is thinking about next. Thinking about how do we go from being, you know, if you will, conference champions in the Midwest to being more of a national champion and sort of playing for that on that field every day with high-growth growth markets like Phoenix and, and Nashville and Austin and Raleigh and places like that. Um, that we are similar to in a lot of ways, right? Uh, but we also aspire to have some things that those places have that, that we don't currently have. So that's what's on my mind, what's changing, the changing world, right? So, you know, robotics, automation, machine learning, how's that going to impact, you know, everything from our banks and insurance companies to our manufacturing sector? Who's it going to adversely impact? But more importantly, what's the opportunity? Like, what jobs are going to be created? What, what, what skills do our people need to have? What product are we going to have to have? What kind of facilities are they going to lead to? And the team's focus has not changed one bit. Like, they are locked in on generating opportunities and surfacing things so that we can do that. And then, two, helping to build capacity at the community level to make sure that we're imagining and preparing. You know, right? We're, prepare, we're practicing all the time. We're preparing for that when that client comes that we're ready to go and then we're not surprised by much right so that's a that's a full plate we're flying the plane while we change it right and we're changing one of the engines out maybe right now uh it's a great time though we're looking forward to the end of the decade and then going into the next decade at like full sprint and speaking of the next decade and what's next you guys gonna have to change the name after we hit You guys, I, that's why I came here, conquering Columbus. I thought I was gonna buy the name tonight. Bro, you're buying conquering. It Columbus. is up for, <laughs> it's bit. Up for sale. It's, <laughs> it's always up for bid. Um, but uh, I guess that's probably a good place to pivot towards one of our last questions of the show, Kenny. And it's and it's focused on the theme of conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. And without yep. telling you too much about why that phrase resonates with Josh and I. And why we chose it. What do you think of when you hear the phrase, how does it apply to your team and maybe your life and career? Well, economic developers are pretty paranoid in the first place, right? So we wake up and go to sleep every night thinking that somebody else is getting the edge, that another community, and that could be, you know, a community halfway across the world um, in Asia or in Europe or something, is um, doing it better than we are, right? There's a lot at stake. We take we take our work really seriously because it, it does impact people's lives, right? So we better stay uncomfortable. We better be innovating 
and building our capabilities all the time. The other thing I would add to that is we try not to take ourselves seriously. Right? That um, we have a great job. We get to promote a great place in the world. Um, we get to work for with great people and with great leaders and with passionate people that, that care about the place every day. So, hey, we got it pretty good. Let's have a little fun while we're doing it. Um, and let's show off the city and, and you know, take people to the Jackets games and um, uh, enjoy Ohio State football and uh, celebrate the crew and um, do all those things, right, and, and enjoy the enjoy the place. Great, eat at our great restaurants and, and have fun showing people all of that, right, and reminding the people that are already here how great it is um, and have fun doing that. You know, ho- hopefully if we blend the, you know, having fun and taking our job seriously, we'll get something done. Well, Kenny, thanks a lot for joining us again. It's a great place to wrap up the show. We really appreciate you taking the time to tell your story. Love it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for what you do. Thank you. And Conquerors, thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, That was Kenny McDonald, and he is the President and Chief Economic Officer over at Columbus 2020. If you guys want to learn more about them, check out the links down in the show notes. Again, thanks for tuning in and all your support. Share it with your friends. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes, it really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here. And that's going to start with FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent, through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And our last sponsor is Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect mobilize and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community and small biz cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes participate in large-scale volunteer efforts and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community to get your small business involved or to learn more visit smallbizcares.org that is small b-i-z cares.org Finally, if you've ever wondered what it takes to start your own podcast, we're here to help. We're putting together a podcast startup package with our recommendations and some of the key lessons we learned over the past two years of podcasting. You can sign up by heading over to our website, conqueringcolumbus.com. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a like on Facebook and be sure to subscribe and share Conquering Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning but I'll find a way to survive I'll find a way to get the job done yeah there's a little doubt but you know what once again I think of that guy in my ear I think about stepping up to the stage I think about the challenge like 
I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.